you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. The words responsible and responsibility are really very interesting and important terms for the Christian. We distinguish between responsible and irresponsible people all the time. Those in our lives who work hard and do what is assigned as their responsibilities and those who shirk their duties. Responsible people are great to be around, aren't they? While irresponsible people can be thorns in our sides, constant frustrations to us. Responsibilities are those activities and decisions that fall under our authority with the correlated power to actually do them. At my job, if I am responsible for certain tasks, then I can be fired if they are not being done or if they are not being done very well. As parents, we think about responsibilities a lot. For example, the chores each one of our children are required to do. If my son is responsible to mow the lawn, then he has to make sure it is done, and again, done well. Well, what does responsibility have to do with Christian marriage? Well, let's ask it this way. How would it impact your marriage if you married a highly irresponsible person? One who rarely did what he said he would do or take responsibility for pretty much anything in the marriage. Would that be a problem? Or what if both spouses are irresponsible people, failing to follow through with their commitments and duties to one another? Or what if there was a confusion of responsibilities with little understanding of who is responsible to do what? The whole area of marital responsibilities is a very practical aspect of marriage that is often overlooked especially early in our marriage. When we think of marriage as simply a small organizational unit, it requires a system of responsibilities that any large organization or business needs. In other words, it is a system that must be organized efficiently and by God's standards in order to run properly. And not only must marriage become a well-oiled machine, it requires two people who are both responsible, who know their responsibilities and who take responsibility for those responsibilities. Christian marriage does not work very well with an overly responsible spouse and an irresponsible spouse. It certainly is not very functional if both spouses are irresponsible. So let's dig down deep today into the heart of our responsibilities as husbands and wives according to God's Word. Now, before we can think about responsibilities in marriage in a proper and helpful way, we need to brush up on marital roles again. In my podcast on spiritual leadership and spiritual submission, I covered some of that ground already, but it would suit us to go over them one more time. Husband and wife are each called to a specific role in the marriage. Again, this goes to the point that marriage is an organizational unit that needs to run efficiently in order to thrive. Now, all of us learn our roles in marriage from a variety of sources. We watched our parents live out certain roles in their marriage. 
The culture keeps changing gender and marital roles through the years. We may even think of our roles as just being those that match our gifts and skills. But if we believe God has ordained marriage, we must also believe that he defines the roles and corresponding responsibilities of husbands and wives. As I've already said, not living by our biblical roles or up to our biblical responsibilities can cause a variety of marital struggles. So to understand biblical roles in marriage, we need a brief grammar lesson on the subject of indicatives versus imperatives. An indicative is a statement of fact. The book is on the table is an indicative. Well, an imperative is a command. Put the book on the table. That's an imperative. The Bible, the New Testament especially, is filled with indicatives followed by imperatives. Basically, the indicatives say what you are because of what God has done. Then the imperatives follow up with what you must do now. Well, with that grammar lesson in view, let's begin with the central role of the husband. Husband is the head of the wife. That's an indicative. We find this truth in Ephesians 5.23, where Paul writes, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. The Bible here does not say that husbands ought to be or should be the leader. They just are. It is a fact. Again, it is an indicative statement. Well, later on, the imperative will be seen. But the husband is never commanded to be the head of the wife. He simply is the spiritual head of the wife by marriage. So husbands, to put it another way, are in a position of inescapable leadership. He either leads well or leads poorly. He is on the spectrum somewhere between excellent leader all the way down to terrible leader. Husband in his role of spiritual head provides a picture of Christ to the world as Christ is the head of the church. He will either show a true picture of Christ or a distorted picture of Christ. To put it yet another way, husbands will always dominate in marriage. Now, let me be clear what I mean here. Husbands will always set the tone, the atmosphere, the pace, if you will, of the marriage. Here are a few examples so that you understand fully what I mean. If husband is harsh, he'll be domineering in his domination. If husband runs away from his headship, that abdication will dominate the home. If the wife wears the pants, so to speak. It is still his abdication which dominates the marriage and potentially makes the home a miserable place. But if the husband is godly, the home will be dominated by self-sacrificing love. So the central role of the husband is spiritual leader of his wife. Now let's turn to the indicative for wives. Wife is her husband's helper. From Genesis 2.18, we read, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. Thus, wives are called to the role of aiding and supporting their husbands. 
As spiritual leader, the husband needs help. No husband can accomplish his calling in his marriage, his family, his job, his ministry without a helper. God calls himself the helper of Israel. The Holy Spirit has the role of helper to the Christian. So wives are not some second-class citizens or simply like an electrician's helper who stands and assists his boss. Her role is vital to the function of the marriage. As helper, a wife should always be thinking, how does this action help my husband? She is her husband's helper. This is an indicative as well. So these roles are established by God. Husband is head. Wife is helper. Husband and wife, these are your names. These are the roles that define you in marriage. Women cannot usurp headship in marriage even if they try. A woman cannot lead in her marriage. At the same time, man cannot relinquish his headship. These are indicatives. So that begs the question, why is it so hard for men and women to stick to these God-given roles of head and helper? Well, that's a good thought question for you to consider in your own time. But the reality is, a husband's temptation is often to resist or redefine leadership. And a wife's temptation is often to resist or redefine helpership. We need God's grace to stick to our God-designed roles, which leads us to the imperatives that must characterize these important roles. So again, back to our grammar lesson. From indicatives always come imperatives. From statements of fact come commands. And the first one is this. Man is commanded to love his wife. This is the husband's imperative. We see this in Ephesians 5, 25 and 28. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husbands are to love their wives in two very distinct ways. First, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And second, as they love their own bodies, their own very selves. This love is sacrificial. This love is intense. Love like Christ loves and love like you love yourself. And husbands, you love yourself a lot. So husbands are defined as loving leaders. Their central role is one of loving leadership. Their leadership cannot be separated from their responsibility to love. Now the wife's imperative is a little different. It characterizes her role as helper. Wives are commanded to respect. Listen to Ephesians 5.33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. A wife needs to respect her husband's ability, his achievements, how hard he works, how faithful he comes home, etc. This is submission to his authority. So the call to helpership must be connected to respect. Disrespectful helpership is an oxymoron. A wife's role is of respectful helper. So let's end this section by asking, why these basic imperatives? Why are they given to husbands and wives connected to their essential roles as husbands and wives?
can we actually assert this generalization? Men are poor at loving. Women are weak at giving respect. Maybe. But the flip side to that is men have a strong desire to be respected and women have a strong desire to be loved. The only legitimate answer to the question is God requires husbands to love and wives to respect their husbands. It is not because we deserve love and respect, that's for sure. These imperatives connected to our God-given roles require us to rely on Jesus Christ. They cannot be accomplished in full on our own. We need God's grace in order to act as loving leaders and respectful helpers. Our responsibilities in marriage must grow out from our roles. What are the leadership responsibilities and what are the helpership responsibilities? We must always begin with what Scripture says, not our own opinion. It is God who defines us in marriage. Now, we have plenty of flexibility in who has a particular responsibility. For example, who cuts the grass, who folds the clothes, etc., but the essential ones are clearly determined by Scripture. And you are to focus on your own responsibilities, not on your mates. That is, if you want to have a marriage based on grace, not on works. So let me begin with eight biblical responsibilities of husbands. Eight biblical responsibilities. First, husband is responsible to display a truthful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the husband's highest responsibility, so that's why it's first on the list. Because our Lord Jesus is described as a husband to all Christians, that directs us to the fact that all husbands are representations of him in this way. In the way husbands treat their wives, they have a duty to speak the truth about how the true husband treats his wife, the church. The husband must always think in terms of how do I imitate Christ's character? How do I imitate Christ's love for my wife? This must be a conscious responsibility for each husband, one that only can be attained in dependence on Christ. Second, husband is responsible to nourish and cherish his wife. Listen to Ephesians 5, 28 and 29 again. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. The word feed literally means to bring up to maturity spiritually, to nourish. And the word care literally means to keep warm, to cherish with tender love, mostly emotionally. A husband has a responsibility to love his wife sacrificially, to nourish her spiritually, to cherish her emotionally. Paul connects this to the husband's treatment of himself. Most wives would love husbands to cherish them and nurture them the way they cherish themselves. Third, husband is responsible to be jealous for his wife. Well, wait a minute. Isn't jealousy a sin? You need to go back and listen to my podcast on envy and jealousy. And I didn't say that husband must be jealous of his wife. A husband must be jealous in a godly, protective way for his wife. Listen how Paul describes his jealousy 
for his Christian children. In 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, he writes, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. God is also a jealous God, isn't he? He calls himself jealous in Exodus 34, verse 14. So husbands, this is not a jealousy driven by bitterness or fear or anxiety, but a jealousy driven by love, one that wants to protect and keep his wife as his own. Think about it this way. What if a husband is not jealous for his wife's attention, affection, and love? What if he doesn't care if she is committed to him alone or not? How is that godly love? How is that responsible? Fourth, husband is responsible for providing for his wife's material needs. Now, that might not sound right in our egalitarian age, but it's true. Husband is responsibility to provide money, food, clothing, home, etc. We read of this in 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, where Paul tells Timothy, If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Even non-Christian husbands provide for their wives. The scripture doesn't reduce the husband's headship responsibilities just to spiritual things, but it's also necessary in material things as well. Fifth, husband is responsible to meet his wife's sexual and affection needs. Again, listen to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, 3-4. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. His body belongs to her, not to anyone else. The husband must show her due affection in the original language. That means the way she desires to be shown love. Husband must make sure his affections are not directed to any other woman or any other human being for that matter. Six, the husband is responsible to be content with his wife. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, verse 28. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. This goes right with the husband's last responsibility. Husband is prohibited from coveting the wife of another man, Exodus 20, verse 17. Proverbs 5, verses 15 to 23 teaches men to be satisfied with their wives and their love. Why is it that being content with our wives is so important? Because discontentment will affect all of marriage like it impacts all of life. Remember, husbands, our marriage is to be a picture of the gospel to the watching world. And one of the aspects of the gospel is that God is totally loyal to his people. He loves them to the end. Seventh, the husband is responsible to take the decision-making lead. Now, this responsibility, as we'll talk about in another podcast, does not mean husband controls the wife or makes all the decisions himself. It means that he is active, not passive, in protecting and leading his wife. If a husband does not speak up 
Remember that he is still leading by default. This area causes lots of problems when husbands do not speak up about their wives' commitments and decisions. It will lead to bitterness, resentment, etc. A true biblical head protects his wife by taking the lead, being involved in her decisions, thinking through what's best for the family, etc. Husband and wife work as a team in decision-making, but husband has the responsibility and accountability to wisely lead in this effort. Finally, a husband is responsible to teach his wife spiritually. The husband should be the resident theologian of his home. He must know God's word and be prepared to teach his family. 1 Corinthians 14.35 encourages wives to learn from their own husbands. So that means the husbands have the duty to have this knowledge to teach. Husband must be constantly studying God's word. He must communicate why he believes and what he believes. He must teach by example, the example of a virtuous life. Now, there are certainly more responsibilities we could add to this list and some very practical ones, which I'll bring up at the end of this podcast. Yet, according to God's word, these are some of the foundational responsibilities for each husband, regardless of his skills, his gifts, or his personalities. Some may be more natural and easy for you. Others will be a struggle, but they are all part of a husband's sanctification. Now let's move on to the six central biblical responsibilities of wives. First, the wife is responsible to respect and be submissive to her husband. Remember, this is the imperative that is most closely connected to the biblical role of wife. Submission is the fundamental duty of a wife. That's why it's first on the list. Every other responsibility really flows out of this attitude and this activity. This word includes the attitudes and actions of honor and obedience. Honor is mostly verbal, speaking respectfully, words of affirmation, etc., Obedience is action, following through with a husband's instructions. We thoroughly covered the definition of true biblical submission in our last podcast. Ultimately, it is what it says it is, coming under the headship of husband in attitude, word, and action. It is not a position of inferiority, but one of service, love, respect, and helpership. A wife must respect even when husband is not respectable. She must submit even when husband is a poor leader, out of submission and honor to Christ. Second, the wife is responsible to be industrious in the home. Paul writes in Titus 2, verses 3 to 5, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and be, to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Wives are responsible to be homemakers, involved in domestic pursuits in an industrious, hardworking way. Now, the Bible does not teach that a woman's place is only in the home but it does show that home is her priority. She is not limited to the home, as Proverbs 31 shows a 
woman's industry can take her outside the home as well. But this also means the wife must be a good steward of of money and her time as well. Third, the wife is responsible to be sexually intimate with her husband. If you are paying attention, each spouse has this responsibility. Sex in marriage is not just one-sided. Again, in 1 Corinthians 7, 2 through 5, we read, But since there is so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. The wife's body is her husband's. The wife is to be more than just reluctantly willing, being a responsible, dedicated partner in lovemaking. Fourth, wife is responsible to avoid nagging and sinful arguing. This responsibility is given several times in Scripture. One example is in Proverbs 27, verses 15 to 16. A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil with the hand. God has given women great abilities with their tongues, but they must use those abilities to help, not cross the line into controlling. Help not contending. A wife must transform her potential sinful temptation to nag and argue into a biblical responsibility to respect and to be of help. The fifth responsibility, the Christian wife is responsible to be a disciple of her husband. 1 Corinthians 14, 34 and 35 teaches that wives should learn from their own husbands since he is to be, as we said before, that resident theologian. In a practical way, wives should go to husbands first with any spiritual and theological question. Seek to study with him first. Learn from him. Respect his knowledge and wisdom. This builds spiritual intimacy, which again we'll talk about in a later podcast. Finally, the wife is responsible to be hardworking in her works of charity and mercy. This is a biblical responsibility often not thought of as connected to marriage. But if Christian marriage is to reflect Christ's love for his people, the marriage must reach out to other Christians and to the world. Listen to Proverbs 31, verse 20. She, the excellent wife, opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Works of mercy and charity are a blessing to her husband and only raises his esteem in the community. More importantly, it helps others and it glorifies God. Again, just as we said for husband, there are many other responsibilities that can be assigned to the wife based on gifting, time, talent, etc. These are the primary responsibilities of wife and husband that grow out of biblical role relationships. Now for some final thoughts on responsibilities in marriage. First, because of the husband's spiritual headship, he is always responsible for any problems in the home. 
Now, listen very carefully. I didn't say that every problem is the husband's fault. But in taking the covenant oath, men take responsibility for their homes. So the husband may not be guilty of the particular problem, but he is responsible. A couple of examples. The sailor runs the ship aground. He is guilty, but the captain is responsible. Or the players may make errors in the game, but the coach always assumes responsibility. Now, this doesn't let the wife off the hook, but it puts in proper perspective the responsibility that leaders always have, including husband. Second, husband is also responsible for honoring his wife as the weaker vessel. Listen to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Husband must not abuse his wife in the subordinate role God has placed her in. He must not take a competitive adversarial relationship with her in conflict Men have a real hard time respecting weakness, so he must not use his strength against her, but to protect her. Husband must realize his wife is not his adversary. She is on his team. Third, wife is responsible to be submissive to her husband. Just one more time for emphasis. The Bible does not teach the submission of all women to all men, but of a wife to one man a wife to her husband. This submission actually protects her from other men. Fourth, both husband and wife are responsible to serve one another. Christ tells us that he who wants to be great must be the servant of all, John 13. We follow our roles and take our responsibilities for each other's good, not for our own. Glorifying God ultimately by serving one another. So if husbands and wives are committed to being spiritual heads and spiritual helpers and take their biblical responsibilities serious, the final challenge is to work out the rest of the day-to-day marriage and family responsibilities. Where many basic duties are shared by husband and wife, always remember that one spouse must have primary responsibility. In other words, who is accountable and responsible to ensure that the duty, decision, or activity is actually accomplished. In closing, then, answer some of these responsibility questions for yourself. Maybe talk about them with your spouse. First, who is responsible to discipline the children? Who is responsible, second, for the upkeep of the home? Who is responsible to plan the budget and manage the money? Who is responsible to plan meals and to cook? Who is responsible for the yard and maintenance? Who is responsible to teach values to the children? Who is responsible to decorate the home? Who is responsible for social event planning? Do you get the idea? Do you see these are the day-to-day responsibilities that we have to agree on and manage together? Just think about which ones are more connected to leadership and which ones more connected to helpership. And that will help your decision making. In the end, understand and work diligently in your marriage responsibilities. 
because that will glorify God and sanctify us in bringing good order to the Christian home and marriage. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.